Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ. Um, just a pretty old sombre morning here, really. I'm from the mighty Hawke's Bay, and being down here, you feel feel so wow, effortless. You can't really do much. You can't. You can just sit back and watch what's going on and listen as well. Aroha gave us a beautiful update. Uh, about what's going on around the country, around the uh, around New Zealand at the moment, particularly in Hawke's Bay and the Gisborne region, which is uh, close to my heart, up there in Murawai as well. I know, Kempi, you've got a real close connection going on there as well. But our love and prayers go out to everyone affected by Cyclone Gabriel uh, with what's going on. Many of bridges have been washed away. Gisborne has been completely cut off. And I know our good listener, a good friend of the show, Joe from Gizzy, I messaged him yesterday, haven't heard back. And uh, as well, my, my wife's family are all there in Gisborne. And it's uh, one of the most isolated cities in the country, and you can get a real understanding why they have been cut off. There's only a couple of roads in and out that have been washed away. And... Uh, it's pretty crazy times out there at the moment. So we just want to say our love and our prayers goes out to everyone that has been hugely affected by what's going on. And just on that, we've got to, we're going to have a community notice board throughout the day, throughout the week, and we're 8.40ish. We're going to open up the phone lines and the text machine. Uh, we'll be reading a few messages. Just really want to, I guess, being stuck down here, lads, uh, before I get to you, being stuck down south, you really can't get a a gauge on, on the impact that's been going on around the country. You're watching the news and you've seen all these videos, but a real personal connection for what's going on and, and the people being affected. So we'd just love to hear from you throughout the morning uh, on double eight double three or 0800 150 811 on the Kennard Tire phone line. Um, just some your, your stories, any support, any messages you'd like to uh, throw out to the people of Aotearoa New Zealand. Um, you know, radio is a wonderful tool at the moment. There'll be many around the country. They'll be glued to the radio stations, glued to the radio devices, wanting to know and get an update throughout the morning. Yes, we have a sports radio show, but we also uh, have, have feelings and we care about everyone around the country. So if you have any of those messages, double eight double three, Um Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, the team you got Kempi up there in Auckland. you got Robbie and Joe in the background. you got Aroha doing a big job. And you got Louis, who is down here in, uh, in Christchurch. And I get Louis uh, probably gets a sense that he's feeling the same, pretty helpless at the moment. Morning, lads. Morning, brother. Yep, well said. Um, and, yeah, it's look, look, looking at it on telly and uh, actually going through it yesterday, when I heard Aroha with the news at 6 o'clock, like my, my, my heart went into my throat because I know – so many people out of Murawai, and uh, I also um, started to think, geez, I hope everyone's all right. You know, you get that really uneasy feeling of the pit of your stomach. Um, so I jumped straight in my car yesterday and drove straight out after the show, and, geez, it was like driving through a war zone, the, the amount of damage that's out there, trees down, power lines down, flooding, um, and there's a, a big slip that's uh, gone through down in Murawai, and, yeah, the whānau out there all rallying around each other, um, it's just a, a reality kicks in when you actually are in the when you drive in it, drive into the middle of it. So, um, just looking at the stuff on telly yesterday and this morning is it is you know I feel for the people down the east Cape, down the east coast, uh, getting bearing the brunt of it. The Hawke's Bay up through um, 
Gizzy, all those places down there, beautiful spots that are underwater. I can't believe the amount of water down there somewhere. And and you're dead right. Everyone, um, like out, of yes, out yesterday out at Muruai, there was no coverage, no Wi-Fi, no phone, no power. Uh, everyone sort of, you know, got their generators going and trying to make do with each other. The surf club, the golf club are opening out there for the for the people. But everyone who's got a radio is listening to what's going on. So uh, if you do have a message that you want to get out there or you want to um, send some messages out, Text us in double eight double three here, or give us a phone phone call 0800 150811, and um, that community board lot you see kicks off this morning eight forty, on SCNZ. Yeah, Z, it's you're, you're so right. You're, you're so right. I do feel exactly like you, mate. Like helpless. You just it's it's the worst feel. It's oh, it's not the worst feeling because we're not going through it, but you just feel stuck, eh? Like you can't. I just know what you mean, mate. It sucks, and um, the devastation. I don't. I didn't really wrap my head around it yesterday morning when we were on air. It wasn't until I got off. The, we got off the show, and I kind of had a good Google around and a good look around, and then yesterday seeing it all fall out. Um, Shan, you know, Shan's a TV. Well, she's not now actually because she works at stuff, but she's a reporter, so she's on the plane. She was on the plane right now, five past six, to go to Hawkes Bay. So she's into Napier this morning, and she's probably away for a week or so, just covering it for her job and I think um you know it wasn't you, you just like you find personal connections and it wasn't really until like this morning I went oh actually be safe like woke up saw the news that uh, a lady had passed away in her Hawke's Bay home slip came down and it kind of all just dawned on me I was like oh shit Shan we actually just be safe out there like it goes from weather to like scary really fast eh it does yep and and she is going into into a place, and I know exactly where that lady passed away. Puturino is on a, a little town outside of Hawke's Bay, about 40, 40 minutes, and uh, it's a pretty isolated place. And um, man, my hearts and, and prayers go out to all the whanau and extended whanau. But yeah, you, you, you did right, Lou. You just got to take care. You never know. And just seeing all the devastation, like one of the biggest bridges in, in Hawke's Bay, if you've ever been to the bay, there's a bridge that connects Wyhick Golf Club to, to the EIT. It's a big bridge. It's right by Marae there. The Marae's underwater, and that's been washed away. So there's been about three, maybe two or three bridges in the bay that have been washed away, and now I get a sense that it is going to be a long, long clean-up. And, and, and on that, it's cut off so many from supplies, from um, being able to go see their whanau, extended whanau. So it is crazy, crazy times out there. Um, so, so please stay safe, and, and please go check on loved ones, and just do your do your best to to just stay and and stay comfortable and stay happy as much as possible. And on happiness, we're going to try and keep your morales up today, and, and keep keep the show trugging on, because that's what we can do here on SCNZ. We'll keep you up to date with what's going on around the country, but also in the sporting world. And so, on that, Kempi. What have we got coming up on the show? Yeah, as we're coming up after seven, we'll be catching up with White Ferns batting coach uh, Dean Brownlee to discuss, uh, I guess, their batting woes and everything, uh, White Ferns and where they're at the moment. Then around 7.40, we'll talk equestrian with Monica Spencer and see what she has coming up and if she's excited about the upcoming Hellbergs because they've been included in those as well. After eight, we're hoping to have Gary Stead on to talk about the upcoming series against the English show. If not, Gary can make it definitely a player 
um, or someone from the Black Camps will be talking talking to us, and we'll also be launching an 840 SENZ community board, uh, which gives you the opportunity to text in or even phone in uh, and give us some information or, or find out some information if we can help you with that. Plenty on this morning. Don't forget, running it straight on this afternoon from 3 o'clock with me and Sammy Hewitt. Uh, so tune in if you want to hear Rugby League with about the preview, the the uh, the competition, and also we got the great little general on Stacey Jones on joining us this Ooh. afternoon at three fifteen. There you go, running it straight is back, and the Warriors have also just named a, a strong side Isn't to it? take on the Melbourne Storm. Kempi, they've named the strong, strong side. And, and just before we get to that, Kempi, I want to ask you a few questions regarding that Warriors uh, team that has been. There's been named. I've read a couple of these messages from Brad because he's come through straight away. I still have two or three bonus bets I've won from you guys, and if I get a win in any of those, I'll give all those winnings to a place that's taking donations. If there is one, where can we donate, Brad? We'll get uh, we'll get you some information, and we'll come back and, and see where you can donate. I'm pretty sure there'll be uh, you know civil defence or, or there'll be something going on in the Hawks Bay. Or Gisborne Region, Tarafiti, and uh, you'll be awesome. Uh, be awesome, man, mate. We've got some champions that listen to the show. Really appreciate it. And just quickly, thinking of everyone up north, can't imagine how tough you're doing. Is it down south? We need some water. Take it easy. Stay safe. Can't wait to have you fellas back on the phones. Brad, absolute champion. Double eight, double three. Be like Brad and, and give us a message. Kempi, that Warriors team. Oh, look, look at it. The first names that stuck out. To Mighty Martin and Sean Johnson in the halves. In the halves, mate. He's named he's named their number one side. I can't see anyone else making a start in that team um, in round one. He's gone. He's gone round one. He's put them up against Melbourne. He's trying to get their hundred grand in the preseason. Um, but on the other side, Melbourne's <laughs> done exactly the same. They've come out with a with a team uh, only missing Justin Olam, who broke his. Uh, suspected broken arm in the in the trial last week against Sydney City. So, this is the one, mate. If you are in Otatahi in Christchurch and you want to go and see the Warriors play, and you're thinking I'm not going to go and watch a trial match, go and watch this one. This is going to be a really good benchmark. Uh, I know that it's probably going to be played. Uh, I think maybe in quarters, but it's still going to give you a really good look at the off-season and see how both teams are travelling. Uh, they weren't too bad, Melbourne, against Sydney City. They uh, they just about got them in the in the final minute against uh, uh, up in their trial last week. Uh, they threw an intercept pass, and Sydney City ended up winning by 10. But um, this one here, two first-grade sides against each other. Jerome Hose, Harry Grant, and Cameron Munster on the other side. Nick Meany at the back. No Peppenhausen. There's the only one missing, but the Warriors, Nickel Clockstead, Martin Johnson, and Egan. Everyone's interested to see how that spine goes with the rest of the first-graders around it. Dylan Walker off the bench. How exciting. Oh, that's a fully strength, full strength uh, Melbourne storm. Oh, like the, you, go, look at the, you can't look any further than Battle of the Harps. Martin taking on Munster, and you've got Johnson taking on Jerome Hughes, who has been the form halfback of the competition for a wee while now. And then you've got a battle of the forwards. You've got Nelson Asafa Solomon taking on Aiden Fanua Blake. You've got Wade Egan, Harry Grant. Wade Egan. Wade Egan at half a hooker. Is that the right decision, that one, Kimpy? Well, they haven't got any choice. You know, tomorrow, tomorrow Martin gave us a bit of an insight when we did the interview saying that Wade Egan, um, he's really surprised at how well he is out of dummy half, but we've seen over the last couple of years that he's hasn't been really top four. But, uh, look, the, the the interesting part for me is they've gone, um, not that Wade Egan's playing hooker, but they've gone Mitchie Barnett straight to the middle. You know what I mean? They're talking about, that's Campo basically played that position 
They've put this this Kevin Campion tag on the back of Mitch Barnett and thrown him straight into the number 10 jersey. We know they're struggling for a little bit of size there. Um, but him going straight into the middle, Nakori on the edge, that's an early sign. Tommy Ayle gets a bench spot ahead of um, ahead of a number of other people. I think uh, if you looked at his stats in that first trial game, he ran for 180 metres. So he, he, he went real big too. So um, Tommy Ayle might be a bit of a smoky this year for the Warriors. I can chuck on Tane Tuiapiki. Hey, get him on there. Show those storm what he's got. He's just been signed. And look, honestly, well, I was very, very excited when I watched that young kid coming up. So, yep, the Warriors ta- taking on the storm down here in Otetahi Christchurch on Sunday. So, if you're in the region on this Sunday, go along and watch it. It is a fully strength, both sides, and a real inside look to how this Warriors team will be able to perform. Uh, this year, they've come back. Sean Johnson, the big question marks about Sean Johnson. Can he revive his career and, and going forward? Um, it'll be interesting. But on oh, just just tacking right a bit here, Kemp, because our can't wait question's going to come up a wee bit. We're going to talk cricket later on in the show. We're going to be talking a bit of cricket, and, and uh, we're going to get a real uh, understanding of what the Black Cat's thoughts mentality is picking um Jacob Duffy, and then you've got Scott Kluger's line coming in uh, for the bowling ranks. There's a few question marks here. There's a few question marks here. Like They've come out and said they thought about it briefly. How much did they think about maybe throwing the SOEs out to Trent Bolt? Mm. I can understand in both reasons why they didn't go that track. Trent's turn is back on the contracting system. He's turned his back, so I can understand ethically that won't work. But when you're desperate for a win... You got to go and win at all costs, and I mean, win at all mm. mentality costs. You know, like that's the, the the effect that I can't really figure out. But then on the other side, what's happened to Doug Bracewell? Mm. You know, young Dougie Bracewell from the Hawks Bay, who's been in there, he's performed. But man, there's something going on why he can't continues not to get an opp- opportunity to represent the Black Caps. So interesting times for them, mate. Yeah, it interesting is. Times. It is, and just the one with Trent Bolt. I think you're, you're dead right, like. Is there some integrity issues in and around you know this con- this contract that he's decided not to sign and where he wants to take his future? Because it's like you 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 know cutting off your nose to spite your face type mentality. You need him, and who cares where he's playing? You know what I mean? Like it's this and this is the question for sport in New Zealand. You're gonna need the All Blacks are gonna come up with. I guarantee you, in three or four yeah. years' time, the All Blacks are gonna come up with the same question. You need him. Who cares where they're playing? And with the Trent Bolt situation, you need him. Like seriously, yeah. anyone that's reading the inclusions and the and the exclusions because of injury or whatever, like you've got to go and tap on Trent Bolt's door and say, mate, you're in. You know, we need you. We we definitely need you. And f- you read the between the lines. It is about the contracts, and it is about the integrity of of that um, contract signing, and that he hasn't signed for it. So, uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling a little bit, I guess, let I down, like that, let down by the Black Caps because they're not picking their best team. They're bi- they're biting their nose off to spite their face. That's how I see I it. I love that. I, I absolutely love that. We need them. We need them, and, and we need them at all costs. And uh, uh, look, at, we're getting the sense with the All Blacks at the moment. They're going through it because we're losing so much talent offshore, and, and uh, we're going to have to come to a situation. We've always relied on our depth. But at the moment, if I'm going to be completely honest, I don't think we have the depth in New Zealand cricket. 
Like the transition from provincial to international cricket, there is a huge gap. You look at Hamish Rutherford, he's been in the black caps. He's had an opportunity. He goes back to provincial, he smacks them all over the park, scores a ton. When they transition into that international, whether it's a talent, whether it's a, a mental issue, the same as our white ferns, that's the biggest question. And at the moment, um, yeah, there's so much going on with the cricket, and hopefully we can get Gary Stead on after it. If not, we'll get one of the Black Caps players. But right now, we're talking cricket, and it's time for this. Can't wait question of the day. Love it, boys. You guys are fired up. You're passionate. And I feel like New Zealand cricket fans and New Zealand sports fans right now are honed in on this. This is a, a, it's our feature marquee series, and we are hot on it. There's a good text here, um, someone wanting to know about Napier and Hastings. Look, what, what we'll do is we're going to chat to Aroha after the news headlines. I think that's uh, we can use Aroha today and make sure that um, we're across it all. So stay right there. I don't want to give you kind of not completely up-to-date information, but by the looks of it, um, yesterday evening it was still cut off, Napier from Hastings. And the other place I could point you to is stuff.co.nz have like a rolling regional blog of what each region has been affected. So you want to know what's happening in Northland, Hawke's Bay, Taranaki, uh, Auckland. It's just up there on their website, and it's a very extensive. So that's a good place to go. But we'll chat to Aroha just after the headlines. Can't wait question of the day for double eight double three and you, Izzy and Kempi. And Kempi kind of just gave me his answer, to be honest. What's making you feel so easy, uneasy about the Black Caps at the moment? If you had to boil it down, going into this test series... What is it that's making you feel so uneasy about the Black Caps? And it might be New Zealand cricket. That's where you might want to take it. Kempi's kind of just done it there. Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Marquee series of the summer, lads. And I think we are going to have a long day at the office. I think so as well, Louis. Tim from Christchurch has given us a call. Morning, Tim. Morning, Adam. How are we going, Wes? Yeah, very good. Very good, mate. Morning, very, morning. Very good. We're talking black caps, mate. She's pretty uneasy at the moment. F- fair qu- fair question? Oh, look, I think that, uh, I hate to say it, but I feel like you guys might have gone all media on it and gone two and two makes 26, because no one's actually asked Trent Bolt if he wants to play the game or not. You know, I'm sure, like, it was only last week or the week before that Gavin Larson came out and said he's hoping that Trent will make himself available for the World Cup, so... I can't see them in a in a state like they are now, not having asked the question. But no one no one actually knows if Trent Bolt's made himself available. The thing that makes me worried is that Baz McCullum's going to come down here, know the conditions like the back of his hand, coming in with a massive head of steam up after and doing what they did in Pakistan in those crazy conditions there. That's what worries me. Yeah, no, fair question, fair comment, mate. Well, no one's really heard from uh, from Trent Bolt, and hopefully we can get something from him. But no, in New Zealand cricket, they'll probably just shut him down, and and everyone that will go through and and try and get connected with him would would have no success whatsoever. But uh, she's pretty uneasy at the moment, and and whether Trent Bolt, he's only one kilometre away from the Bay Oval, it's not hard for him to head on down. Will be the big question, Tim. We appreciate your call, mate. Thanks very much. Have a good day. And a couple of messages coming through, boys, and this is right on the money from Richie. I can't see it being a long day at the office, but rather a couple of quicks. England bats first, scores 500 in a day, and bowls us out twice in the next two days from Richie. I think, Richie, you're you're bang on the money. I've said it 
previous, so I think we're going to get absolute hiding here with Baz and what he's been able to do with England. It uh, makes for an interesting scenario. For me, I'm just feeling a little bit uneasy about New Zealand cricket and Black Caps. I, I just, I, I'm a bit, I'm a bit wary on the depth that we, we we have at the moment. Like, yes, we, we've lost two quality quickies. Don't worry about that. We've lost. Kyle Jamison, I was so excited to see the big man steaming down and, and, and throwing that nut down the pitch, and as, as well as Matt Henry. But just on the other, on the flip side, it's the same case with, the, with New Zealand rugby at the moment. Like we're just we're lacking a little bit of depth coming through. Coming through, like the, you know, gone are the days when we've been able to unearth a couple of good quickies every single year. Now we're, we're just we've just lost that, and, and the pathways and, and the next generation just hasn't quite been there. Kempi, and, and, and that's the only thing I'm just a little bit wary of is we are our um, our next generation. Where where are they? Where are they coming through? Like the, we're seeing glimpses of, of the old one here or there in the provincial game, but we just haven't had the depth that we've had in the past, and, and that's the the one thing that's making me a little bit uneasy. Yeah, it's sort of if you, I'm just thinking about when you're talking, if they if they did a I guess a a look at sport across the board. Like we went rugby league went through the same issue in the in the 80s, 90s, you know, where we couldn't we'd never had the depth. We had sides that we had to pick and, and go out there and compete and sometimes we were good enough and sometimes we weren't. And maybe that's just the reality of, of cricket in New Zealand at the moment. You know, definitely for the for the White Ferns. Uh they're struggling and they and you know, Su, uh, Susie Devine's comment uh yesterday when she's talking about the Domestic game is a little bit under the under the hammer and not producing the depth and maybe just with our black caps, maybe we just don't have the depth. Maybe that's our reality. Mm. I might get all media on it. I might get all media on it <laughs> Tim, and go flick Tim. multi a message. <laughs> I'm going to get all media all, on it. Timmy. We're going all journalistic on it. Oh dear, I wouldn't even know how to be a journalist. Yeah, mate, same. But I'm going to get all media on it and I'm going to go flick multi a message. What do you want to do, Balti? Come on, mate, we need you. Come on back. And then we'll get him maybe an inside look. Otherwise, he'll just give me a scene and like everyone else, move on and forget about Dad because he's in the media now. Anyway, we'll see. I'll flick him a message. Double eight, double three, or 0800 We're talking cricket. Coming up, we've got to get some headlines and maybe we'll have a little catch-up with Aroha to give us an update of what's going on around the country. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota, building and shaping New Zealand. SENZ, we're 26 minutes away from 7am this morning, a very wet and wild morning for New Zealand, 15th of February. Thanks for listening and stay with us right through the morning until 9am. We want to hear from you. We're going to launch our community notice board at about 8.30 and we'd love to get to as many different corners of New Zealand as possible and see how you are going. Just a couple of quick sports headlines with Bunnings Trade. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power pass yeah we're talking about the nrl and we're talking about how strong this warriors um, side looks to take on the storm in a trial match well unfortunately for the melbourne storm it looks like ryan pappenhausen is going to be out for six to eight weeks with some serious knee injury with a serious knee injury so that's a massive blow for the melbourne storm back here in new zealand yes it is jacob duffy and scott kugeline being called in for kyle jameson and Matt Henry, a huge golfing experience there. What the Black Caps bowling lineup looks like is very, very curious. There's probably no way they'll play two spinners. So it looks like T 
Techna Kugeline or Duffy will be getting a test debut. And Jurgen Klopp, after beating Everton yesterday, well, he was only really one thing. Relieved. Yeah, that's it. That was the main feeling since the final whistle. Um, happy with the performance. Happy with the performance and relieved, as you would be. Merseyside derby. But uh, everybody's mind and consciousness is back here in New Zealand, and we've got the beautiful Aroha in studio. Aroha, I'm so glad you made it out of your small wee Coromandel village. How are you doing? Oh, you're glad. I've had two cats <laughs> for company for four days. I forgot what people looked like. You're all in different colours. <laughs> How you doing? Aroha? It's, it's been so, a while. Thank you. It's lovely to see your faces and to have normal humour and human interaction. Because it's really <laughs> easy when you're reporting on such big tragedies. For the last two weeks, it's just been sorrow FM. Mm. And it's quite yeah. isolating. And then, of course, I'm stuck in this house that's on a hill and it's dangerous oh. and there's wind and the power keeps cutting out and I'm trying to make sense of it all and get the news across. But today, I guess the the cool thing, because no one cares about what I've been going through, the whole country's been going through it if you're north of Wellington. Um, today, the stink thing was no one could get hold of anyone on, on the East Cape or across mm. Hawke's Bay. And it was really frustrating. I saw friends on Facebook who just started posting jokes about, hey, you know, maybe they're just ghosting me. And by this morning, it started to get panicky. You know, you see the escalation yeah. in, in the messages. So the great news is um, they don't have any any information about anyone who's missing or unaccounted for. So that's good. No, no news, good news. They established contact overnight with the Escape and Hawke's Bay and Wairoa, which was completely, completely cut off, via Starlink. And so they have been able to get in contact with the Civil Defence Emergency Centres in Wairoa and, and across that region. So today, Civil Defence is sending up choppers to the Esk Valley to make an assessment of anyone and everyone who might still be live streaming from a rooftop and or worse. And they're also going into Wairoa to make sure... They're choppering in today. Like, there's a big bunch of people mm. jumping on a helicopter with oh, supplies... Cool. And yep. flying direct to Wairoa. You know, that's where on my farm they was. I'm Tuwai, so they're all in Tuwai. And unfortunately, everyone in Tuwai has no power. They're like the only centre left there that has no power are Tuwai and Mahia. Mm. Everybody else I was thinking about the Lake Aroha because I, I spent oh. a bit of time up the, up the Lake Wakaremoa and I was thinking, man, because it was already quite, there was so much water in the lake, but I think they had to um, empty it a wee bit. But I was thinking, man, that road in and out there for, through uh, Rua, Rua Toki. Oh, man. And, and so talk to me about Gizzy. My, my wife's family's from Tarafati and Gizzy, and, and we haven't heard from them for about two or three days. She's pretty chaotic there, and the roads in and out are all being affected. Is there any news when they'll get some power or, or when we get communications back in the in the East Coast? Everyone keeps saying it's uncertain when power's going to come on. There are nearly a quarter of a million people with no power. Mm. I woke up this morning and read that and I thought the BBC's got it wrong. That's some... It's crazy. Someone doesn't know their decimal places. But it's true, 225,000 people. That's not customers, so that's not households. That's yeah. people affected. Mm. And the, sometimes the numbers just start to sort of become white noise because they mm. just, you know, oh, it becomes 10,000 high. But quarter of a million, 
That's an eighth of the population. It's a, and it's a disaster. Power. It's a disaster when you're looking at our rural communities. Well, like, for instance, out at Muruwai, everyone's on septic. So the power goes out. out. There's no, you can't use a toilet. You know what I mean? People don't think of things like that. So it's not about, oh, I can't cook a feed. Well, you can't cook a feed and you can't go to the toilet. You know, you can't have a hot shower. So it's really devastating. These, these transformers that have been sizzled and these power lines that are going down, the guys in Vector or wherever, um, what, what power firm they're working for, working overtime, I mean, the sooner they can get the power on, the better. For example, across the Coromandel Peninsula, so we got hit sort of, so it sort of went in, in zones, right? One zone gets hit, then another zone gets hit. So we were sort of like zone two, and then zone three was Tairafti. And it's moving down the country, but not as intense now. For us, the eastern seaboard and the the coastal areas are complete catastrophes. Mm. There are so many people who just were not prepared, had never seen anything like this before, and they're now in in sort of like this brown lake of misery. And and it's hard to get resources in because all of our roads there are closed. Everything, even I got locked in. Like Thames, there's this one road. It's called the Nazi Maru Highway. And that has only been closed once before in my living memory. I was born there. And I woke up yesterday morning and I was like, oh, yeah, I'll go to work. Drive out, swim back. Hello, Army Unimog. I feel like I should salute you and say, <laughs> copy that. It was a little bit <laughs> apocalyptic. And then when the light mm, has come on and you look out and the whole southern end of the, the where we are in Hauraki was just brown underwater and you sort of feel like you're in a disaster zone but you you need those images to remind you so this is the first time I've ever got a grab bag together and been prepared but I had just done a week of covering Syria and Turkey so I had all of I had cat food and baked beans and like Mm. socks that matched because I was really worried about having to evacuate in my pyjamas I think that's the key eh? that like yesterday I was talking to my wife is like actually getting prepared for for the unknown and I, th- I get a sense that, that not many were pre- prepared for this, particularly in the Hawke's Bay region along the, along the Cape, just not really oh, knowing no. what the cyclone's going to do and, and how it's going to go. But it just really hits at home, like, how isolated they are and, and the struggles. Like, Gisborne, we go back there every every year, and it is the most isolated city in the country. But which we but like. still they're having a... Right, which we, we like. like. We love it. We're, we're away from everyone, but it's it just really hits home that, you know, we've just got to do a bit more and, and be prepared mm. for, for this kind of scenario. I'll keep it. I'll I'll go now because everyone's heard what they want to hear, and I don't want to stretch it on too long. And bad news first thing in the morning is like a bad breakfast and a hangover. But mm. I felt the opposite. I thought people were more prepared this time mm. because of what had happened in Auckland. That I mean, we had deaths in Auckland that could have been avoided mm. if 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 better messaging had been put out there and it might have felt like overkill this time but I feel like people at least were prepared going yeah. into this and will be more prepared in the future and people in Christchurch have yeah. been our blazing stars on what resilience looks like so now we have to start that rebuilding phase I love you guys it's nice to see you tell me some good news <laughs> 
Tell you some good news. Well, good news is we got Quizzy Dad coming up, oh. and maybe you can stay on and you can give us a give Uncle a few clues or the Oracle. He's the clue master, so some of our callers might need a little hand. So Aroha, you stay there, sure. and you can give them a hand and give them a clue for some of these questions that are going to come through. So 0800-150-811, give the quiz master a call and your chance to win a Musashi prize pack. That's right, that's right, Quizzy Dag on a Wednesday morning, going to get you a Musashi prize pack. I know many of you would love this little prize pack. So Lammy from the Palmy North, how you doing Lammy? Everything all good in Palmy? Lemmy, good morning. Hello, can you hear morning, me? Morning, Lemmy. Yeah, got oh, you, morning, mate. Morning. How you doing? Oh, sorry. Oh, good, mate. How are you going? Yeah, all good, mate. Everything okay in Palmy North? Oh, uh, yeah, it's still raining and I'm in a building at the moment. It's raining and the bridge is, and the river's coming a bit up by the bridge. So hopefully the weather will just calm down a bit and just hopefully become fine, hopefully. Well, yeah, hopefully, mate, hopefully, done. hopefully you look yeah. after yourself, Lemmy. Look after yourself, and hopefully, oh, Palmy North oh. hasn't been affected too much, mate. You like that? I'm being nice to you, so you be nice back. Here we go. Question number one: <laughs> <laughs> The woman, the woman who went for the most amount of money at the IPL auction plays for what country? Oh, oh got, uh, India. Get it. Yes, she yeah, plays for India. Right. Simriti Mantana, the WPL, sorry, Women's Premier League. Here we go. Hey, Question hey, number he, two. Okay, go. No, no, sorry, what are we going to say? You're going to be, you're going to get smart, eh? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, well, no UFC questions, please. Let's just go past. No UFC questions. Okay. Who is the lightweight champion <laughs> of the UFC? Oh. Question number two. Question number two. Located just down the road from each other. (laughs) Name the two home grounds of Liverpool and Everton. Ah, one's Enfield. Another one's uh, Goodison Park. Goodison Park is correct. You're on fire here, Lemmy. Question number three. What is the final event that takes place in a decathlon? Oh, less than 1,500 metres, I think. Yes. 1,500 metres. <laughs> Lemmy, too easy today. You know, Question no, number four. Good luck with this one. Number four. How old <laughs> is Stuart Broad? Oh, God. <laughs> 38. Ooh, 38 oh. is incorrect. Very good effort Thanks, today, Lemmy. Thanks, you have a good day, Thank mate. You. Brenton from Auckland. Morning, Brenton. How you going, brother? All good? Not too bad, mate. Sun shining, brother. That's the way. There you go. Yes, make your day even better. Question number four. How old is Stuart Broad? He's uh, 36. 36 is correct. Question number five, mate. To win it all, who currently sits atop the ATP men's tennis rankings? Good luck, Tuffy. No, can I have a clue on anyone? Not vaccinated. <laughs> Djokovic. <laughs> <laughs> good clue, Kiki. Good clue. Tough question, yeah. that one. Very <laughs> tough. All good. All good, brother. Hey, Brenton, you got a Musashi prize yeah, pack coming your way, mate. Hey, there you go. Oh, Get that rig yeah. sorted, all right? Yeah.
You stay tuned. You stay. You stay on, mate. You stay on the lads. We'll get you sorted out, and that Musashi pack is coming your way. Thanks very much. That was Quizzy Dag. We're going to shoot off, and we're going to come back with a little love racing update. Three minutes away from 7 o'clock, and we'll hear from the beautiful Aroha again. People loving having Aroha unscripted on the show this morning. Uh, We'll get you some more news updates, but the Grand Tour of Racing Festival is coming to you, boys. It's been here all summer. It's been a massive summer of racing, and Kempi, don't worry, I'll I'll, uh, let you do the tipping, but I've got a couple little bits (laughs) of nuggets of... Cut it out. (laughs) A couple of little nuggets of information for everybody. Um, Today was meant to be Tauranga... That is being abandoned. They've got a meet at the Cambridge Synthetic tomorrow instead. Obviously, the all-weather track is exactly that. It's all-weather. Um, so they just said, not even going to worry about the races today. Too wet, too hard for people to get there, that sort of thing. So we go to Cambridge tomorrow. Then this weekend, boys, uh, it's not a Group 1 day, but it is a massive day in terms of lead-up to the Derby and the Auckland Cup. We've got the Avondale Guineas, which more often than not, the um, Derby winner can can come from this race. So Desert Lightning's in the race. Waitak Loose Spender, which won the Waikato Guineas. Uh, Waitak ran a big third there. Dynastic, yeah, would have liked to have seen more from him, but they're gonna they're gonna keep him on the Derby path. Uh, Devildom, you've got Channel Surfer in there. Uh, going down, Bitcoin and Loose. Some horses here will out themselves as not derby horses over the 2,100 metres. So this is a, the big derby trial. And then in the Avondale Cup on Saturday, self-obsession, Platinum Invader, uh, Dionysus is in there, Lincoln King, Hurricane, Hinipara, Soprano Supreme, all of your cup contenders for the Auckland Cup. So it's a big moving weekend, really. We'll find out a lot about the contenders. And we'll get markets for those Today at about 2pm, tab.co.nz, loveracing.nz to find those fields, Izzy. Beautiful. Love it. And just on that, tomorrow, synthetic, race two, number four, Louisiana man. He's back. (laughs) He's back. Nabber on top, been foot trained. Louisiana man that got plenty, eh, Kevy, paid last week, is bouncing back a week later. So there you go, Louisiana man. Coming up, we're going to be talking White Ferns cricket. we got Dean Brownlee. He is the White Ferns batting coach, and no doubt he'll have plenty to say. Double eight, double three, if you've got any questions for Dean Brownlee, flick them through, because he's coming up. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Building, shaping the New Zealand. Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ. It is Wednesday the 15th of Feb and it's just after 7 o'clock. Appreciate you tuning in. There's plenty going on around the world, around the country in sporting terms, but there's plenty going on around the community as well. And on the community, we have a community notice board on our show and we want to hear from you. Any messages of support for everyone out there? Radio is our out and this is where we get all our up-to-date news and knowledge. Yes, we are a sports show, but we uh, have, you know, we have a real community sense and feel on this show, and we want to, well, spread some love around the country for people that are doing it particularly tough along the East Cape. So double eight double three on the Temper Bed Post text machine. Any messages of support, any stories that you've had to endure over the last wee while, we'd love to hear from you. Or on the Kennard's Higher phone line, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Remember, Kennard's Higher phone line. 
caller of the year. Well, you get a year supply of Musashi, courtesy of the Chemist Warehouse and Musashi. So keep those messages and calls coming through. And Kevin, well, he sent plenty. He has sent plenty of messages as well. We've got a big couple of hours. We're going to be talking all things cricket and all things sport with a little bit of equestrian in there as well. Just a quick update, lads. Pungo raced the other day. Had a wee trial on Monday. Went solid, ridden by J-Mac. So had a good trial, and Pungo will probably race on the 24th of February at Canterbury over 1,200. Probably a little bit short for Pungo, 1,200 metres, but good to get out there and have a wee race to boot. So Pungo, and if you want to know, He's racing on the 24th. I can't wait for my good horse to get back out there get racing. There. It's now time. It's now time we're going to talk some cricket. The cold, hard reality of yet again underperforming on the biggest stage has been washed across the White Ferns, Kempe. They have been struggling, and it's been the biggest case at the moment is why. Why have they been not able to transform that form, transfer that form from domestic cricket to international cricket, and I, like we've got the big three. You got Sophie Devine, Susie Bates, and you got Amelia Kerr, and and we've lost some some quality, experienced players over the last couple of years that have retired. Now we've got a new crop coming through, but it just gets a sense that nothing isn't cl- something's not quite clicking there. And so and Sophie Devine yesterday spoke about we well, just she doesn't understand why they haven't been able to transition from domestic to international cricket. All the signs are showing for a big week and then they go out and they produce their lowest total ever. If you're the coach and you've been a coach, Kempi, how would you approach this current situation with the Watfords? Oh, it, it sort of reminds me, I think it was um, Rory, the, the Silver Ferns, I was speaking to you guys about it this morning, uh, Captain, when she stepped off the court after the Silver Ferns were going through all them dramas, uh, both on and off the court, uh, before... Dame Knowles took over the, the the running of the ship. And it sort of feels a little bit like that, you know, like it sort of smells and tastes and feels a little bit like that, that there's quite, not quite, you know, everyone's on the same page. So um, when Sophie stood up yesterday and, and made that comment and sort of the emotion started to, to roll out of her, that sort of says that there's some underlying anxiety and stress going on. And I think you, you know you, you you touch on it all the time, and we see this as you know, like I remember when you're playing, you know, you see players and they talk up a really good game and they're really good in the on the on the on the training pitch, but you can't convert it once they go out onto the you know the the big stage in the big show when all the lights and cameras come on and your form has to be at the top of the game, and it sort of seems like that, you know, to me it seems like they they are, are within themselves. What would I do? Uh, well, I'll tell you what I did. Well, the same thing happened to the New Zealand team. I, I, I jumped on a plane. I went to St. Uh, Kilda, uh, Geelong. I went to Geelong, it was. And I, there was this lady there. Her name was Pippa Grange. I heard about her, and I'd read some stories about her, and I'd done all that. I went and got her, mate. And she was, she was a mental skills coach, and she changed that Kiwi team. That's a coaching perspective. Well, now we're going to talk to the actual coach of the White Ferns. The cold, hard reality of yet again underperforming on the biggest stage has washed across the White Ferns at the Women's T20 World Cup in South Africa following yesterday's loss to the hosts. A loss Captain Sophie Devine herself has addressed as embarrassing. 
I certainly thought um, it was a target that we could we could reach. Obviously, we'd have to bat well against their their quality bowling lineup, but I certainly thought it was a target that we were capable of reaching. Um, it's always difficult when you lose that many wickets in the power play, and, and we've probably got ourselves a little bit stuck there. So, look, it's yeah, I'm not sure too many words can describe the disappointment. And I said it just before the embarrassment. That's not good enough for an international cricket side, and and I take a lot of that as captain and, and how I lead this team, and um, it's not it's not good enough. Yes, it's not good enough, and Sophie left her, wore her heart on her sleeve. It puts the White Ferns in a very unlikely position to progress any further in this tournament, but it also is the spotlight on our domestic game and where the progress is halting preparing our women for the world stage. Dean Brownlee is the White Ferns batting coach, and he's been good enough to join us this morning. Dean, how you going, mate? I'm well, thanks. How are you guys? Yeah, very well, thank you. We've been talking a wee bit of the cricket and just trying to really get more of an understanding of, of uh, what's going on over in South, South Africa. Just quickly, how's the, how's the spirit of the team? Look, like Sophie herself was um, pretty pretty distraught. Yeah, we are definitely down. We, we definitely expect better of ourselves as a, as a group, so definitely the, the mood's down, but we, we, do need to, we do need to dust ourselves selves off and uh, I guess put in a better performance against Bangladesh in a couple of days time when you, when you talk about the performance what do you put these performances down is it a mental uh, problem that, that the white ferns are able to transition it from training to, to the pitch what, what can you put it down to Dean? Um, not entirely sure right at the moment I'm, I guess we've got some really good players um, who've been really good players for for a long time and that and unfortunately in World Cups when you're when you're playing two games in three days and and things like that, you, you things can happen very quickly. And and I guess the performance over two games, when when your best players don't really stand up, you you rely on others. And 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 unfortunately, we haven't had those those um, performances yet from the others as well. So yeah, we're we're relying on on some really good players, and and we need a, we need a real team effort from all the all the batters, and we're just not getting that. And Pitches have been different, but we need to adapt and we need to be better. And, and yeah, we just haven't been quick enough to adapt in that area. Hey, Dean, the Com, the Com Games medal was awesome and a great result. But outside that, big events, they seem to be far and few between um, where you have that result. From what you can see from your spot as the batting coach, is there a mental block at some of these major tournaments for this team? Oh, I mean, I'm quite new to the team. I I, I can't speak for for past uh, world events, but from what I see, the talents there. We hit the ball well. Uh, um, in terms of this event, we just in in terms of the first two games, we just haven't got it done on a on the big stage against two two teams. We probably needed to pinch one game from, and um, like I said, we, we're going to have to put in two really good performances and and really try and have basically two two really big wins to have any chance of progressing. We've just got a question. We asked uh, our listeners if they have any questions for you, Dean. We've got one from Kevin here, and he just asked, yep. why do our New Zealand women keep playing across the line with full pitch balls, head at the stumps? That, that's technique. It, it, it's, a, it's a no-no. So is it really a case of just making bad decisions out there and, and decisions with probably less intent? Uh, potentially. I guess we've sort of talked about that quite a bit recently, and, and potentially playing on, on the New Zealand wicket only. Um, you talk to the girls and they've really only toured England, New Zealand and, and, and Australia and they're usually good wickets. I guess coming here 
having not having gone to India, not having gone to Sri Lanka, they haven't really experienced what a spinning wicket or a wicket that stays low does. And and I guess in the domestic game, you can play across the line and get away with it. So we've got a big winter ahead with with a tour to Sri Lanka and and an India tour, and we're looking forward to a Bangladesh World Cup and an India World Cup after that. So we're going to have to learn pretty quickly. It's going to be a big winter of learning about playing um, spin, playing spin-friendly conditions, and, and like you said, playing with a straight bat because at the moment I think you can get away with those sort of things on, on New Zealand wickets where you can play across the line and get away with, with a ball not moving because it's quite consistent. So definitely uh, a big winter for us to, to get better at playing spin, but it's exciting winter because we get to go to tours uh, that we haven't really been before as, as a team. Dean, just to address the elephant in the room at the moment, Susie Bates at the top of the order, she's yet to score run. Is that simply unfortunate or is it just poor form? No, I think it's unfortunate. She hasn't really faced three or four balls in an innings. And one thing about good players is when they get in, they they do go well. So I'm backing Susie that if she does manage to get in the next two games, she'll she'll have a big performance. So I think in T20 cricket, if you can get yourself in, it's it's your job to see at home and, and, and put in a real good performance. I guess in T20, you, you potentially don't get in as well. So uh, one, the good thing about Susie is when she gets in, she, she makes she makes big scores and wins us games of cricket. So I'm backing her to get in and, 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 and make an impact in the next two games. Well, they say you learn a lot about yourself when you have to deal with a wee bit of adversity. So for you, Dean, how, how have you been able to deal with these last couple of days and, and what have you learned about the way you've, you've been able to coach these these women? Yeah, just just sticking together. I think that the big thing is we, we know that they're keen, they're desperate to do well, they're desperate to get better and I guess you, you understand... Um, how tough it can be in the, in the professional game and, and just keen to, we were just talked about sticking together, still sticking to the process of the team we want to become and two bad performances doesn't change the fact of, of where we're headed with this group. So just sticking to that and sticking together as a group is the big thing that we've really focused on. Dean, what about um, when you're preparing the team? You know, lots been talked about, the competitions down here, New Zealand not being up to standard and, and getting international experience. But what about resource? Are you, are you resourced well enough to to advance a side? Yeah, I think so. We've got a really good coach in Ben who's who's coached all over the world and, and has done a great job. I think he's leading the team well. I think obviously we're, we're definitely keen to develop the, the domestic game in New Zealand. What, what's been exciting, I think, that sending we sent an under-19 or a development team over to India for the first time. I think those things help bridge the gap when they get a shot at international level. They've experienced a, a climate or a condition that they've never experienced before so that when they come into the international uh, team that they're almost ready to go as opposed to only playing in New Zealand domestic cricket and it is a huge, huge step up. So I, I think what I've seen of in recent times with development tours and A programs starting to go ahead, hopefully we can sit, we can see that gap slowly close and and we can produce 15, 15 really good cricketers and, and really have a real depth problem that we, you know, it's it's hard to pick players. Well, Lee, you've still got a couple more games to go and, you know, the only way you can get, you know, things sorted out is getting back out there on the pitch. So are we expecting any any changes or, or any sort of approach or are you expecting these players to go out and, and redeem themselves? 
Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope we come out and play with some freedom. We we haven't mm. played with that sort of freedom yet, and that's what we're encouraging. Obviously, there is a glimmer of hope that if we have two really, really big wins that we can sneak through. So we'd rather uh, lose chasing the, the chance to sneak through to the, the semi-final. So we're, we're going to try and uh, play with that freedom and try and get two really win two really big wins and, and see if we can sneak through. So there is that glimmer of hope at the moment that we're chasing as well. Well, you got nothing to lose, mate. Go out there and, and leave it all out there on the pitch and, and unlock these, these women, mate. They've got so much talent and we want to see them doing extremely well and um, and getting the job done. So well, we're right behind you on SCNZ, mate. Dean, it's been a tough old time for yourself as a coach heading in there, but good luck for the next couple of, couple of games and hopefully you and the women can get it done. Appreciate it. Cheers for the sport. There is Dean Brownlee, the key coach, uh, the batting coach for the White Ferns, talking about it. Some hard questions there for Dean, but like every coach, you're saying the right things, and I think it's a simple question that, um, you know, just trying to unlock these players. They'll be down in the dumps, and when you're a coach, everyone on the outside noise, like ourselves, everyone's asking questions, what's going on? But when you're a coach, you've just got to kind of keep it simple, keep it enclose and kind of reinvigorate these ladies so um just on that i'm going to throw it to you uh louis you've got a little something that you'd love to read but yeah yeah well, look i found this really interesting dooley we know dooley's plugged in right and dooley loves a controversial take on cricket how's this yesterday he just dropped on twitter actually replying to guy havel didn't even tweet it himself but he's come out hot here can be all like this he's come off the back fence maybe we could say Maybe someone in the media should actually do an in-depth story as mm. to why we are the only country in the top five to six that have gone backwards in the women's game over the last 10 years. Shrugging emojis. Ask some real questions. Find out what number one was in the report and stop covering it up. Now, that's a really interesting uh, tweet just to float out into the ether. I guess he's referring to the report that was done post the World Cup, the, ho the home World Cup. Um, they came out, they made a bunch of selections, obviously. They've moved, they thought they were going in a different direction. But what was number one in the report that what that, that apparently hasn't been reported that Dooley's alluding to? I'm not too sure. Look, I know that Bob Carter's still heavily involved in New Zealand cricket, and that makes certain people uneasy. I know that there's people that have been close to that White Ferns environment and thought that there was a real power imbalance and maybe there was too much player power at its periods and too much coaches power. There's lots of different voices. Um, I'm not sure what Dooley's referring to, but I thought it was a really interesting thing for a, a, a great cricket commentator and a former New Zealand what? international just to lob out there, is he? Why isn't a public report made public? Like, what, what, why aren't these reports out there for the public to, to read? And why don't we know what the... What those were, well, you know, that's uh, I don't know. I don't know the question. Is it more of an internal thing that they can need to sort out behind the scenes? Why? Why do they hide these reports, Kempi? They hide these. They well, every sport's the same. As he, I've already done an off the back fence on another. Can can see another report coming. Um, the reason they hide it was because of accountability. They don't want people to know exactly what's in that report, and hopefully, they get buried and thrown under. The, the 
miles of reporting wash that's their hands. been done. Yeah, and they go, they go into a. They go, I reckon there's a cabinet in every NSI, and it gets shoved in the report cabinet, and it gets put underneath, so they don't actually see what they are. I I read that that uh, Twitter too from Dooley, uh, Louis. It was so interesting, you know, and he hit the nail on the head. Well, why don't you go back and ask what the number one recommendation was? You know what I mean? Which we'll find that, and we'll come back to you and find find that out because it is um, it is public. It is for public consumption. You can read those reports if you dig deep enough and find them. Um, and yeah, there is something else going on. Like I said, the, I, I just can feel the anxiety and the and the um, trepidation on on in the voice of when people are talking that there's still not clear sailing ahead for the white ferns at the moment. And and does that trickle down to the black caps? That's the question. Mm, well, at the moment, cr- cricket's in an interesting scenario. That was coach uh, Dean Brownlee, batting coach for the White Ferns. If you missed that, head over to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on the SCN app, and you can get all our podcasts from the week. And just on that, Kempi, we're going to go away, and we're going to come back with your off-the-back fence because you are on one this morning. I could feel it. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. The Back Fence with Tony Kemp. As the dust settles, or has it settled, on an embarrassing White Ferns loss yesterday, the focus shifts to the Black Caps in the upcoming Test Series against the Poms. A Test Series against an English looking to continue its rise under our very own Baz McCullum. While one can sympathise with Sophie Devine's emotional summary of the state of domestic game and whether it's preparing our ladies well enough for international cricket, the same really can't be said about the men's game. If ever a team had their backs against the wall at the moment, then you don't have to look past both the White Ferns and the Black Caps. Batting and fielding, uh, fielding woes are key issues both teams have to overcome, but could this also be the end of the road for Ben Sawyer and Gary Stead? I'm picking there could be changes coming to the White Ferns team. And if the Black Caps get baz-boozled in this test series, I'm feeling the same fate could be awaiting the Black Caps. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Yeah, I don't think that's the case for the White Ferns, Kemp. They've already made change with Bob Carter, and there's just something going on in the back room that's just not quite clear. And I think um, Simon Dool's uh, tweet on that really hit it home. The, the, you know, the report, the findings, they've never really come out and, and addressed that. And I just think like, well, they've got talent in there. They have got talent. We've got you know three or four quality batsmen. And I think you, when you listen to Dean Brownlee talking about it as well, they they rely heavily on those players. And if they don't succeed and they don't get off the mark, then it's going to be a difficult day. So it really, has a lot of pressure has to go on everyone else. But Zedenhout at the top, who you know had an opportunity to open the batter. You got Georgia Plummer who moved into three and never really kicked on. So we're relying heavily on Amelia Kerr, Sophie Devine, Susie Bates, and maybe Maddie Green at the top. If they don't get any any opportunity, then they struggle. So, oh, yeah, I think Bob, uh, Bob, uh, Bob um, you know, Ben Sawyer, probably not the same, but Gary Stead, wow, yeah, it's, it's becoming a, a bit of a steady kind of option at the moment. Hopefully we can get them on after eight. If not, we might get a black cap player and we'll have a chat to them about the, the situation at the moment. But, yeah, there's just the, the players aren't reacting. And when you've got the same voice, they're saying the same messages after a wee while. They've been for a pretty uh, enjoyable golden period at the moment. But when they're not reacting, 
then it might be t- um, time for a wee change there. So I could potentially see something with the black caps, maybe a change at the top, just to rejuvenate some messaging that's getting through the black caps. But um, interesting times, mate. Interesting mm. times. Yeah, the, cha- the change, the change of the guard, and sometimes it doesn't work. If you have a look through some of the history of uh, changes that are made, sometimes they do, they do go backwards. Uh, I look, mm. if I if I look at uh, the change when Gary Kimball, for instance, took over the Kiwis then on that um, fateful English tour, you know, it was just the wrong time to pick up that team, and was the real short lived. You know, the team didn't go very well. They they weren't happy. Uh, and sort of similar to what the White Ferns are talking about and around diversity and the way that that last report came about um, with with the with the ladies, it sort of it doesn't always mean like you put someone in place that it works. And for me, it doesn't look like it's working. Mm. You know, and and that's I guess when you when you're looking at those decision makers, like making a decision like that, like how far up the ladder do you go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we're we're talking Ben Sawyer, Gary Stead. Like, how far up the ladder do you go? Because the policymakers, let's let's talk about a Bolty, for instance. Like, it's cut your nose off to spite your face because he doesn't want to play um, domestic cricket and make as much money as he can. Well, he well he can, you know what I mean? And the policymakers say, well, yeah, you're you're free from your contract, but we're not picking you for New Zealand anymore. Like, now do we look at the policymakers, the people mm-hmm. that actually appoint? Well, there you go. There's someone that that's a policymaker, and someone that appoints is Trent Bolt. He's seen my message. He's seen it. So I've had the scene <laughs> on my little Instagram DM. Come on, Bolty, do what everyone wants to do, wants you to do, and come back and have a wee chat to Daggy and Kimpy. We'll shoot off. There was a great off the back fence in regards to cricket in New Zealand. We'll shoot off. We'll come back with some headlines from Louis. We'll also go Richie from the Carpenter Coast on the line. But before then, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota, building and shape in New Zealand. All right, a couple of quick sports headlines with Ken Arts. I'm making your job easy. Talk to someone who's taken the Ken Oath today. KenArts.co.nz. And, yeah, we're all talking cricket. Well, I feel so bad for Cole Jamieson because he's rehabbed for a very long time. Maybe it was a bit ambitious to try to get him in there for a test series with that back fracture. Maybe he should have just been looking at the 50-over World Cup, but I really hope that this hasn't set him back for a long period of time. Jacob Duffy, Scott Kugeline have come in. Matt Henry is waiting for the birth of his first child in Christchurch, so he won't be with the squad for the first test. And yes, uh, Gary Steed did yesterday confirm that they considered Trent Bolt, but have decided not to go down that route. And we don't know... We're waiting. Hopefully Izzy might have some gravy for us shortly, potentially, uh, whether Bolty made himself available either. Uh, tomorrow night, the Breakers boys have a chance to go back to the NBL finals for the first time since 2016. They go to Tasmania to take on the Jack Jumpers. They've lost their only one game here in Tasmania this year. Now, there is a little bit of PTSD because they played a lot of that season where they were on the road last year. That was their home away from home venue. So uh, it's not necessarily been a happy hunting ground for them because, well, naturally that place didn't bring them many wins. And Mikel Arteta going back to the EPL. Well, he is spewing after a controversial VAR decision has cost Arsenal a crucial victory against Brentford. After analysing all the evidence that we had on the images with a huge anger and disappointment, that wasn't a human error. That was not conceiving and understanding your job, and that's not acceptable.
Not acceptable. But we love talkback, Izzy, and we've got plenty of it. We have got plenty of it. Thanks for that little headlines update there, Louie. Plenty going on in the sporting world, but it's time to talk some more cricket. Regards to Kempe's off the back fence. We've got Richie from Kapiti Coast. How you doing, Richie? Yeah, not too bad, lads. How are we? Very good, very right good, up. mate. What's your reaction? Reaction to uh, Kempe's off the back fence and chat with Dean Brownlee? Mate, I think the on the White Ferns, I think they just need to, you know, maybe the coaches just need to take a back step and, and let the the players go and have a training session by themselves, you know, like a captain's run. Um, mm. I think sometimes we can overcoach in, in a lot of yep. sport and, and we, we're taking it away from the players who, you know, coaches can only do so much and prepare us for a game, but at the same stage, at the same time, it's the players out there that are making those crucial decisions. So I, I'd mm. look at it just having a captain's run and just putting it back on the players. No coaching stuff around. You know, just they can sit off onto the sideline, whatever. Just, you know, have a bit of time away. Like that. Looking at grouping for the next game. But on the on the Black Caps, so last week they were saying that they want to protect Cole Jameson and not, you know, put him under too much stress. Why chuck him in a two-day test? Why? It's, mm. <laughs> it's like putting, you know, someone in a back-to-back marathon races and expecting them to win, you know, if he's obviously an essential player. And then, yeah, I think the NDC are just too proud to accept that. But there's something going on with in the players' contracts, and they're wanting to go overseas to make more money. But then they're too proud to, you know, say, "Hey, Bolty, we need you." Well, it's mm. yeah, it doesn't make sense. We've got no senior bowlers. Yeah. Now, if you hear what you're saying there, Richie, hindsight's a beautiful thing, and, and look, it's a difficult one, I feel, because Kyle Jameson, he hasn't played too much cricket. Do you go out there and risk him for five days or potentially maybe even two days with the way that England are playing? But, you know, for a five-day test going in underdone, undercooked, mm, you never know. You never know. But it's, I love that. I love that from you about the, the White Ferns in particular, just giving them an opportunity to go out get the coaches out of there. They'll be getting so many messages. Look at us. We're constantly talking about it. We've always all got the magic formula. They are very talented. Maybe just unleash, take the shackles off and let them play with a little bit of freedom. Richie from the Kapiti Coast, appreciate your call, mate. We've got Kevin from Titarangi as well. He wants to talk about the White Ferns. What's going wrong, Kev? Yeah, good day, Izzy. Um, morning, Kepi. Morning. Um, look, just on observation, I was listening to Brent, uh, Dean's um, interview. Now, when they played out here in the Commonwealth Games, these girls were, were playing the, doing the same technical, making the same technical faults, playing across the line to medium paces with a full ball with their feet together. Now, you know, if you go and chop, try and chop a tree down with an axe with your feet together, you, can't, you haven't got any power to do it. What they need to do is play down the ground in the V at the start and then start getting the loose balls and hitting, hitting them mid-wicket or out through the covers, but they're not doing that. They're trying to hit across mm. the line just about every ball, and you, you, you don't win. The bowler wins every time. LBW or bold every time. It's a technique, yeah, technique. problem. You know, it's nothing to do with coaches or anything like that. Have a look at um, Susie Bates getting out. Um, pressure's getting to her because these South African Aussie bowlers are right at you, full length, mm. pitched on the stumps, and you're trying to hit it through mid wicket for one. If you get that, technique, yeah. totally technique. Beautiful, beautiful, Kev. And, and I think I'm right nah. on that. I think you're. I think you're on the mate. I was watching some of those dismissals as well, mate. And they are, you know, 
school kids kind of dismissals across the field, you know, fishing outside off. You've actually just got to play with a little bit of intent and play in the V. That was my number one quote from the back in the school days. Play in the V, get your eye in, and then you can open up the, the hips and start swinging for the for the boundary, mate. Appreciate your call, Kev, as always, and good luck with the punt, mate. Loving your messages coming through on double eight double three. We're talking cricket, and there's plenty of it on the te- on the text machine. Adam Fahey stead has to go. Would we'll throw the checkbook at Flem and allow him to collect his IPL money. Think White's time is done at the top two. Domestic cricket couldn't be less valuable. That is from Adam Fahey. He's talking in regard to CEO White being at the top for a very, very long time. And we touched on that at the start of the show, lads, getting Flem out there and maybe chucking him the checkbook and seeing whether that would encourage him to come back. Seeing what his good friend Baz has been able to do. Imagine that, Baz v Flem, the battle of the big the big timers, the old skippers of our beautiful country as in New Zealand taking it on. Whether Flem would do it, Kempi, probably not. Well, probably there's not. A, there's a... Uh, dollar value there <laughs> compared to what he gets the NZD. So that's one of the biggest issues. How do you how do you convert mm. the American dollars um, to NZD? You're going to need plenty. That real interesting about the David White comment. Like David White, you know, when you're talking contracts, where do the contracts come from? Like where does the contracts philosophy come from? You know what I mean? Players that can't leave the country and go up seas and then bought, get bought back in the team. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, <laughs> get on, get on the current guys. Guys that are making these decisions are are ruining the national team. I reckon you've got to get with the times. You've got to let them play. Yeah, now I'm listening to you, Kempi, and I've touched on it before. There was opportunities for me to go overseas, but that would have affected my opportunity to represent my country. I wanted to stay here and represent my country, and that's what's happened. But I think, yeah, it's, if things are changing and the world's changing. The economy's changing, and we can't compete down under. We've always relied on that mana that each jersey has held, but whether that mana is enough these days, well, questions are being asked. Well, coming up, we're going to be talking some equestrian. We're going to attack right for a wee bit, and then a bit of cricket after eight. Monica Spencer coming up. Welcome back, double eight double three Temper Bedpost Text Machine, oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven on the Kennards Hire phone line. A text earlier from Dave from Karaka. He's up and about this morning. Hope Karaka's not too bad, Dave. Appreciate your messages every single day. Good morning, boys. Thoughts go out to everyone affected by this bloody weather. As for the cricket, Bears will have the palms fired up. I think we're in trouble. Maybe the weather. Will save us, and we had uh, Pauli Moari on yesterday. Maybe the weather going towards a draw will be something that maybe might save us. Or Gary Stead, he's coming up after eight o'clock. We got the head coach on from the Black Caps, and he'll have something to say about that. All we can do is put effort and don't roll over like the Wahine, like our ladies. Cheers, Dave from Karaka. we got Gary Stead coming up, and if you've got any questions for Gary, flick them through on double eight double three on the Temper Bedpost text machine, and we will get those to him. There's plenty of questions that need to be asked about uh, from Gary regarding the Black Caps. They'll play taking on uh, the, the English side at the Bay Oval, which will commence tomorrow. So looking forward to that taking place. And uh, no doubt there'll be plenty of questions asked. And just on this, Kev, uh, from for you, Kempi, Kevin, 
Buying real estate in New Zealand now has taken a huge turn. You would not buy clifftop beside a river or, or beachfront. First, you will struggle to find an insurance company. You are in a no-win situation. You think this will affect the real estate around the country? 100%. I think it has been anyway. I think people are, are onto that. And when they've been purchasing property, they're looking at all those mm. factors um, currently. So uh, good text, What Kev. are our premiums going to get to, Kev? Oh. Um, Kim? I'd, Kim? Ha- I'd hate to think. I'd hate to think what the premium is going to be like next year. Uh, everyone was laughing at me when I got a bit of flooding in my pool. Got <laughs> wrecked. Well, the insurance, they ain't come through. Anyway, Gary Stead coming up. He's out of while with the news for Kubota. Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ. Wednesday, the 15th of February, just after 8 o'clock. Appreciate you all tuning in. I know there's plenty going on around the country and plenty of people wanting to know about those affected in the affected areas, particularly along the East Cape, Hawke's Bay and Gisborne, Tairawhiti area. Our love and prayers go out to you all and uh, our messages, there have been plenty of messages coming through of support for everyone in those affected regions and particularly my whanau there in Tairawhiti. Haven't heard anything, my brother, my in-laws, my sister-in-laws and uh, everyone that is over in those regions. So hopefully we can get an update and we can get some communication happening because right now there is nothing going on. Coming up we're going to hopefully get Gary Stead on the phone and we're going to talk to him about the test match taking place at the Bay Oval tomorrow on the Green Seamer. That is the Bay Oval cricket pitch. If you've seen photos of it, it is green and it will be moving off the seam left, right and centre. And well, the seam bowling has been at the forefront of everyone's conversations at the moment because Kyle Jamison has uh, refractured his back. He's got a stress fracture in his back, so he won't be available for a wee while. And then you've also got Matt Henry, one of our star opening bowlers, our seam bowlers, that will be missing the first test as he awaits his arrival of his first baby. So Scott Kugelgline's coming in, and you've got Jacob Duffy as well. So you've got two quality players that have had their tests at the top level in the short form but not in the long form, and the format that is Test Cricket, which provides a different perspective. You've got to be available. You're constantly being told to warm up, cool down, warm up, cool down. So it'll be interesting to see where they go, whether they go with those bowlers, knowing that the pitch set is going to be provided for them, Kempi, or do they allow an Ish Sodi or an extra spin bowler to be a part of that setup? Ajaz Patel has been left out of the squad, so he won't be available. But the spin options makes for a fair case. Do they go with more seamers knowing the wicket that's going to be put on show? Or do they stick with the tried and true and rely on their spin bowlers? Knowing last time they played at the Bay Over was against Bangladesh. And having more seamers there and, and, and less spin at their disposal probably affected them in the end. Mm. And, and the other part too that we haven't spoken about is what Spare's going to bring is his attack. Like, is he just going to go straight for the throat? And take it to them, or you know, is he he, he want to win it in the net in the first two days? What's what's his um, take on that? So hopefully we get some get some news out of them. But yeah, it's really interesting. Is he? I think. Um, oh look, I like a, I like a team with their backs against the wall. I love a team with their backs yeah. against the wall. So um, it should it should make up for a good test.
Yeah, we're here now. We're only one sleep away. Hopefully, we'll get an update from Gary Seed on the weather there at the Bay Oval in Tauranga and uh, see what's happening, what sort of wicket. A disruptive build-up for the Black Caps ahead of the feature series of our summer has cricket fans all worked up around New Zealand while the devastating cyclone battering the country created travel headaches for the squad. Gutting news yesterday revealed big fast bowler Kyle Jamieson has re-aggravated a stress fracture in his back and sees him miss the series altogether with Matt Henry. Staying in Christchurch away in the f- birth of his first child, it leaves the bowling unit short of experience with Scott Kugisline and Jacob Duffy called in as cover. Gary Stead is head coach of the Black Caps and has been good enough to join us one day out from the summer feature. How you going, Gary? Yeah, good morning, guys. I'm pretty good, pretty good. What's the weather like at the Mount, mate? Have you managed to get a glimpse of the pitch just yet? She was a green. The rain did stop yesterday afternoon, and it is stunning sunlight here this morning. Um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure it's quite as green as what you might have expected. Hey, Gary. Obviously, a huge blow for the side with Matt Henry out of the first test and Cole Jameson out of the series but you brought in Jacob Duffy and Scott uh, Kujulang who have both played at the top level but only in limited over cricket mate how are you doing after arriving with that squad yesterday um, yeah. oh, we're having a few difficulties there probably hearing uh, Gary Stitchy's a little bit breaking up there in, in the mount so, which is fair which is fair knowing the, the weather conditions that has taken place around the country. So hopefully we can get a better connection for you and we can get Gary on a nice wee uh, connection shortly. But a great question there. You want to understand, you know, you've got Cole Jamison out, Kempe, and you've brought in two young players, Jacob and Scott, who have played at top level, but limited overs, limited overs. So do- total different format. So we'd love to get a bit more of an understanding of how they're going and how they're pulling up and their approach, the messaging that has been put to those players, knowing that the quality that is missing for the Black Caps at the moment. So, Gary, are you there? You got me, guys? Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. And you can understand the cyclone has affected all the phone lines around the country, so you just break it up a bit. But we're talking about uh, Jacob and young Scott coming into the squad, only playing limited cricket over. So how, how are they doing arriving into the squad yesterday? Yeah, yeah, no, they're good. They arrived late last night, so we'll, we'll train this morning. It's been it's been about as disruptive as you could imagine, with um, players coming from everywhere and being ruled out at the last minute. So it's certainly a challenge. But um, look, I mean, that sometimes can bind you and, and and make you better as well. So we're looking forward to what's ahead. So when when you think of the Kyle Jamison situation, we had a caller earlier on in the show, and hindsight's a beautiful thing, you know. You, you hopefully you could have done anything different. Was playing him in those two day match against uh, the English side probably the right one when when you think about it? Uh, we, we've worked, I guess, on that build up for about the last well eight months since his injury, but then more, I guess, the last couple of months, and we felt it was the right build up um, in terms of. His preparation, but look, I mean, you, we we will review those things again and and, and um, well soon and and say was it the right way. We we still sort of maintain and and I think Kyle appreciates this as well. It, it's actually better it happens in a warm up game than finding out the first day of a test match and and then you lose a bowler. So 
there's sort of uh, positives and negatives every way, but we're all gutted for Kyle. It's, it's been a big blow for him because he's worked so hard on his, on his fitness and his bowling to get back to where he was. Do we have an understanding of how long the stint would be on the sidelines? Like I've you know, been out there, I've had a wee haggle out in the, on the cricket field, and, and the back is a very serious injury, knowing that the force that you, as a fast bowler, put through your body, and particularly your back. Yeah, um, so... Kyle's uh, catching up a, a certain later in the week, and, and I think once they've decided which way to go, um, whether it's going to be surgery or not, I, I think what I understand is surgery will speed up the process and make it may potentially make it a lot quicker. So he could be back bowling with sort of four to five months. Um, is, is like his best case scenario for us. Hey. Gary, like everyone's been asking the question, and I guess we've got to ask you this question as well, just to be clear. How close did you come to approaching Trent Bolt to be involved? Uh, look, we've had conversations with Trent the last couple of weeks just around where he's at and, and also our stance on it as well. Um, at the end of the day, Trent turned down the, the national contract about six months or so ago now and, and has chosen to play in some of the other leagues. and. Our stance has always been that's that's fine, and then we we appreciate what he's done, but we also need to take priority and keep looking forward with our team as well. So, in this instance, we've we've uh, we've gone that way, but we certainly have um, considered it strongly as well. Just just quickly before we move on to the game, because we're all excited to see this test match. It's one of the must watches of, of the summer of cricket. The stance that you're talking about, I think New Zealand rugby are going through a similar situation when players are playing offshore and coming back into the fold. Do you feel like the the stance that that you're standing at at the moment could potentially change in the future, knowing that the quality that we have with Trent Bolt, or are you just trying to stay firm on the mana behind the jersey and then people playing in New Zealand, they deserve the opportunity? Yeah, Yeah, it's a great question. And and I think... um Cricket is a little bit different at the moment because all these T20 leagues uh, are popping up all around the world and I think you've seen the emergence of another sort of three or four in, in the last months. So to be honest, I don't know what it's going to look like in, in the future. I, I think we have to, um, as a small country like New Zealand, I think we do have to be ad- adaptable and flexible to, to the changing world and hopefully for us we can find a system that allows players to um, still move offshore, but also, I guess, still play the, the key matches for New Zealand. And I think both players and, and management here are still trying to work out what that looks like. Yeah, well, that's really good to hear, uh, Gary, that, that uh, probably the future, I think I think you're not the only sport. I think a lot of sports are looking at what that future looks like as far as the black jersey goes. What, what about coming up coming up with against the English? That's obviously on everyone's lips at the moment. Baz bringing his team down here. Um you know, I, I, I like a team that's got their backs against the wall. Do you feel a little bit like that at the moment? Are you excited about the challenge ahead? Yeah, I mean, every test match is a, an era of anticipation and excitement around, and it, it's no different here. I think um, England arguably the form team in world cricket, cricket at the moment, and, and, and test matches winning nine out of the last ten um, has been an extraordinary, I think, turnaround from, from how they have been going before that. And no doubt Baz and, and Ben Stokes have been just instrumental in, in finding the confidence within their team. So we we are pretty clear on, on the way that they're going to play and the way they're going to play against us. We know it's going to be a very attacking style and 
um, I think that will bring excitement into the game as well. So for us, it's about getting really clear on how we can counter that and how we can also throw our, our punches back at them. So test matches are, are a long time. Uh, they, they can go for five days, but I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to see results in these series. Oh, I'm pretty sure as well, mate. There ain't going to be anything left out on the field when these two sides go at it. So let's talk about combinations. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of chat, the combinations that you approach this test match, carrying an extra spin bowler, or do you carry the seam bowlers knowing that who you've got at your disposal? I know you won't share too much, but has that been at the forefront of all the conversations? Uh, yeah, I think um, Mount Monganui traditionally is the one of the pitches in New Zealand that turn a lot more than, than other ones do as well. So um, I think there's, uh, there's, there's definitely a chance that uh, there'll be a, a spinner involved. I guess for us it's whether there's a second spinner uh, is, is one of the things that we have talked about. So we have that in our squad if, if we go down that line. But um, whatever happens, we're going to have a, a debutante, maybe two within the team as well. And I think that's always exciting for the group as well to, to see new people come and, and, and pull on that, the, the silver fern and represent New Zealand. Hey Gary, hey, just to, I've got a I've got a question for you as a former coach. You know, like, and you get into these situations where you you think that you know, you, or you hope that you know what you're doing is right, and you hope you've got the support around you. Gary Gary Stead and his way forward. I, is there something that you can see that you would like to enhance the team and just get your hands on a certain way? Like, is there something out there that you think we can be doing better? Uh, look, I mean, I think you're always trying to find that little X factor and, and little things that, that might make teams better. But I think cricket is so so unique and it's a, it's a team sport, but it's the individual performances that, that go to the team that actually get the results for you. So for us, it's really about working with the individuals a lot about... Um, what we can do to enhance their, their skill sets, whether it be from a physical or technical or mental sort of point of view, but knowing that the end result still is, and, and I think it's a feature of our, what has been the feature of our team for a long time, that we, we aren't the best players in the world and we sort of recognise that, but what we can do is we can scrap, we can fight as, as hard as we can, and I think that's still the key thing, that we, we keep searching for those ways that we can do that. Well, someone that loves a fight and a scrap is the none other than Tim Southey, and he's come along a long way. So, tell us about your uh, combination, your your kind of relationship with uh, Tim Southey. It's come along pretty soon into his tenure, but how's he tracking, mate? Yeah, he's going well. I mean, um, it, it's it's again with Kane setting, uh, stepping down before the last Pakistan series, and it just brings a, a little bit of freshness and a few different ideas to the group as well. And Tim. Um, is an aggressive style. He, he loves taking on the fight and often sort of steps forward as that, that first person to do so and getting people to follow him. So that's the way that he will go about it. And, and again, like, like Ben Stokes as well, I think you've got two captains out there who will go head to head with things and, and not may the best man win at the end. Yeah, it's going to be a, a, an interesting match-up to boot. And, and just quickly, mate, Kane Williamson, everything's all good. His body's looking good, and, and he's ready to rip in. I'm expecting, and I'm hoping, he's going to put on absolute Kane Williams performance over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we're hoping for a uh, Kane masterclass here at the Mount Monganui. So, um, <laughs> quickly, I mean, he's, he's obviously a class player. When you look through the numbers, even though he's, 
uh, had a period of time and, um, out with his elbow injury, then you're still looking. He's got the best average amongst all players in the world in the last three years, and that's pretty incredible, really, when, when he's been through a real sort of injury crisis as well. So can't wait. we saw some great glimpses, I think, in Pakistan as well with a double hundred there. So hopefully that's around the corner again. Beautiful, mate. Thank you so much for finding time for us, Gary. Um, we're right behind you on SCNZ. It's going to be a hell of a test match, test series to boot, and uh, we hope that you uh, you and the men can pull off an absolute clinic and send Bears packing, really, with all his pounds. Send him home. He's all right. <laughs> Cheers, guys. I, I hope you're right, too. <laughs> Cheers, Gary. Awesome. Yeah. Gary Stead, the head coach of the Black Caps, and uh, just a little insight there, their approach heading into the Bay Oval, knowing that the wicket that is on offer there, spin might be an factor. Maybe taking two spinners in this test match. Mitch Santner, Ishodi, potentially left, right, getting a little bit of turn out there. Ooh, but hey, love that little bit of gravy. Expect one or two debutantes to be a part of that side. Nice question, is he? Nice question, getting it out. We like that. I'm good on him for fronting too, you know. Uh, yeah, answering, the, answering the Trent Bolt question was a big one for us. So, uh, like I said, you know, better no no better place to be when you know that you've got the chips the chips in front of you and you've got to go and get them. Um, yeah, who knows? Who knows, mate? Do we get do we get the weather pass? Do we does the weather pass and we get this test series played five days? You reckon? I, I hope so. Oh, it was blue, wasn't it, Louis? He said it was blue That's and the sun was shining there. That's what he said. That's what he said. It was blue and sunshine. I'm just like, <laughs> good on Gary. Good on Gary, first of all, for taking that question. You were bang on, Kempi. But there's so much going on right now. I kind of had missed the one of the interesting storylines. Ben Stokes versus Tim Southey. Mano oh mano. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Skipper on Skipper, two very staunch, proud, tough competitors, is he? That's a good storyline for some entertaining test cricket. Whoever's broadcasting that, get the mics very close to those two mouths because you'll expect fireworks. Honestly, you'll expect fireworks. I love it. And that's that was the kind of um, the question when Tim Southey took over from Kane Williamson. His approach, his aggressive nature to win at all costs. And Gary said it himself, expect the result. Expect the result because both teams are going to go at it and they ain't going to settle for a boring old draw after five days of cricket. Nothing, nothing makes me angry more than a draw after five days of test cricket. But anyway, it's a great game. That was Gary Stead talking all things Black Caps. That game is taking place tomorrow at Bay Oval. Coming up, we're going to chat to Paulie Moati. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Welcome back. It's 8.27am on a beautiful, wow, yucky Wednesday morning down here in Ototahi. Christ, is where Gary Stead on the phone. And yes, Chris, did the coach of the national men's cricket team just say they know they're not the best players in the world? Wow, he did. He did great listening. So let's hear from Paulie Moati from the TAB. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. What are the punters? Where are the punters heading in the test match there, Paulie? How you doing? Yeah, g'day, Izzy. Uh, well, the punters agree with Gary. <laughs> they say that uh, they're not the best players in the world as well because they're, they're getting on England, who are now $2.11 to win the first test uh, up there at Tauranga. Um, the 
but the best-backed uh, selection in that head-to-head market is the draw. Now, that's drifted out to 4.45. Uh, yesterday, I'm fairly sure it was down around $2.60, the draw. Now, after 4.45, I've had a look at the forecast, and it looks like they're due a wee bit of rain tomorrow, but then uh, they've got four days of um, pretty good weather, um, according to the forecast. So they should be able to get um, at least four days of play in. Uh, and so England, very, very well back uh, with Baz McCallum at the helm. Uh, but the draw is the best back selection in that head-to-head market, now $4.45. I've also had a look at the series a market for this uh, two-test series. Uh, and the best back there, well, they only want one team, and that's England. They're $2.60 to win the series, and they have been very well backed in that series winner book. But the interesting uh, option is the series correct score, uh, where the series drawn nil-nil at $21 has been the best backed uh, in that option. So a draw nil-nil in the series uh at $21, has seen quite a bit of action, Ooh. and England to win the series at 260 has seen some uh, pretty good cash flow its way as well. So not a lot of support for the Black Caps uh, in either the series or in that first test. Well, there'd be nothing better to get back on the horse and beat England, knowing the firepower that they have on offer, Pauli Moati. Well, there's not much racing going on around the country. It's terrible weather, but we've got Cambridge Synthetic. What else you got for us this week that maybe our punters can get lick their lips and get into? Well, the boys have put a few boosted odds markets together um, for you football fans. Of course, the uh, Champions League uh, kicks off this morning again in around half an hour's time. And in the AC Milan Spurs game, they've got a boosted odds on Harry Kane to score and Spurs to win. Uh, that's boosted from 4.20 up to 5.50. And in the uh, PSG Bayern Munich game, they've got the World Cup hero Lionel Messi to score and for there to be over two and a half goals. That's been boosted from 3.20 out to 3.75. And for all you Hoops fans, there's also a few boosted odds options on today's play. Uh, one of the most popular, Giannis to score 30 or more points and to record 15 or more rebounds. That's been boosted from 310 out to 350. All our punters want to know, we love a Musashi prize pack, don't get me wrong, but are all those bonus bets accumulating and are they going to build up and maybe you come back and go bang and give our punters there maybe Daggy one or two? Uh, you know the Oracle. That's that's your bonus at the moment, just listening to the Oracle. Uncle Tony, we... <laughs> Is we, that why you canned it? Is that why you canned the bonus bet? Yeah, he got scared, mate. You're scared. <laughs> Only took five days. Only took five days to shut you down. Oh crikey, we, we couldn't put we couldn't put Tony out if we had five fire trucks there, Lincoln. I'll tell you what, and if you, even if you jumped on yesterday, you got two bucks for a place. Yeah, indeed, indeed, yes, yeah. Oh crikey! Oh. Oh, the, Thank you. The boys, the boys are hiding. <laughs> the boys are hiding Paulie Moati is going to get a hiding after I get on that cricket promo thank you so much Paulie appreciate your time brother and we'll catch up with you tomorrow watch and bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz please gamble responsibly R18 coming up we've got some Louis Herman White headlines we'll, before then we'll hear from Aroha the beautiful Aroha for the news for Kubota building and shaping New Zealand
SENZ 26 minutes away from 9 o'clock. In just a moment, we're going to open the phone lines at 0800 150 811. It's community notice board time. We want to go to all corners of New Zealand that have been affected by the cyclone, Gabriel. So double eight double three. start sending through. We want to check in as far and wide as we can go. Double eight double three. how are you doing? How's the neighbourhood looking? Uh, if you've got any stories, start sending them through. And we want to hear from you on that phone line, that Kennard's High phone line, in a bit just as well. Uh, but before we get there, a couple of quick sports headlines from me, guys, with Gal fueling your mission all year round. We've got some Super Rugby Pacific rule announcements, some law changes. Yes, more law changes for rugby. But I think these will be good. We know about the halfback situation. Halfbacks can't. Aaron Smith can't be pesting around the base of the scrum trying to get his foot in the way. So he's, and he's very good at that, by the way, probably the world's best at it, I'd say. So we'll have to find out what he makes of that. And the other one, which is brilliant, to speed up time, they're not going to spend time with referees talking to the TMO about whether it's red or yellow card. Yes. If it's a yellow card, they go to the sidelines, Daggy, then the TMO can upgrade mm. it if they want. How good is that? So good, so good. Speed the game up. Oh, it's been one of my pet hates over the last wee while as these referees stopping and checking everything. I understand safety is paramount, but the game needs to be flowing. And uh, there was a game on the weekend, Island France, 48 minutes the ball was in play. So they're making good progress of having a really entertaining game. So, yep, I love it. I love the new law changes. Ball in play, having an entertainment to boot. So, yep. All for it there, Louis. Love it. Bang, me too, me too, mate. And just after 9 o'clock, PSG Bayern, as Paulie said, the Champions League, Milan, Tottenham. We've got Club Bruges, Benfica tomorrow, as well as Dortmund and Chelsea. That's your sports headlines with Gull, but Aroha, we're about to go around the country and try and find out with our community notice board how the people are doing around Aotearoa. Anything as people wake up and we get light around the country, what's First Light telling us? First Light is saying that it is as bad as all the photos and videos that you've been stalking on on social media, if you were lucky enough to still have comms. So the biggest problem is across a big chunk of the eastern, uh, eastern North Island is that communications are out because the power went out and because the power was out for so long, the power banks that keep the cell towers going ran out of juice. So there are lots of worried relatives, but what I can tell you is that the power heads were just on and they said they're trying right now to deploy people to those sites as fast as they can to restore power. And as soon as that's on, you'll be able to use your phone again. But isn't it mad that no one has landlines anymore? Because you could use your landline when the power went out. I remember doing that for fun. That's the only fun I had. They had a candle and the game, 20 questions and my father. And power cuts and teams. Um, so... If these, that's the good news that I can give you. The other good news I can give you is that if you do have access to internet, do go and have a look at the Royal New Zealand Air Force's Facebook page and the photos that they put up of the NH-39 choppers that they deployed yesterday to do rescues from the roofs of the Esk Valley residents. They are remarkable. Little kids hanging on clip lines, hanging from the bottom of choppers, being rescued by these big, burly men, women and anything in between coming to their rescue. Some of them weren't big, probably. Probably not the people dangling from the bottom of a helicopter. You'd put the little guy on that, wouldn't you? (laughs) You would. Mate, honestly, our, our volunteers, we have to really show some appreciation for everyone out there that volunteers their time to, to keep everyone safe. Aroha, thank, thank you so much for that little update. And just quick, Cyclone's moved off, moved offshore, oh, isn't it? So, it's a hard... Was it circling? 
Do you know, one of the things that I've realised is that Met Service meteorologists are really clever. And when people ask them dumb questions, they give you this look of like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I have to explain the difference between a cyclone, a tropical cyclone, and an ex-tropical cyclone to you. It's moving eastwards. But because of the ferocity of it, there'll still be some wind, rain for parts of central North Island down. And I hope there are no weather forecasters dissecting what I've just described. Thank you. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you so much for that update, Aroha. You're doing a fantastic job keeping everyone uh, up, to, up to date with what's going on. And they love it hearing your voice too. Unscripted Aroha. It's a bit like your Friday quiz little rap that you do for us here on, on the show. We appreciate it, Kempi. And that's time now to really just open up the phone lines. Open up the phone lines. 0800 Give us a call from where you are in the country. Tell us about what you're seeing. Give us an update, some stories, some heroic stories that have taken place around the country. People really uniting. And that's what I love about this country is it doesn't matter where you are, who you are, what you got, you just get stuff done. And you get out and you get your feet wet and you really unite and get out there to community. And I love hearing that kind of, those kind of stories around the country, Kempe. Oh, it's honestly, just I'm, again, I'm just reviewing a, a few of the pictures and the, the photos and the television coverage that's coming through. Aroha is dead right. It is as bad as what people are saying, you know. Um, so, yep. If you've got if you've got uh, any type of news out there that you want to come through, just give us a call or text us through double eight double three, and uh, we can read it out on the community notice. But we'll do that for the I guess the remainder of the week uh, is talk to our whānau that are out there and and there are like I'm just even now I'm just looking at some of these pictures of the landslide out at Murawai, the top shop where the landslide came down. Um, it's a beautiful place to get a coffee on a Saturday. There, the landslides come straight across the main road there with the houses that are sitting just above it on the other side of the road, absolutely devastated. So, um, yeah, just big mihi going out to the whānau out at Murawai there that are dealing with all that um, that tragedy that's uh, surfaced out there over there the last couple of days. I'm just thankful that my – well, I'm not thankful. My, my grandma broke her hip actually at the unveiling, my mum's unveiling. So she had to go into hospital and she's in hospital and she was actually meant to go home a while ago. And if you don't know, my, my dad lives in Pukitapu, which is in the back of Taradale there in the Hawke's Bay, and that place has been obliterated. It's gone. It's like water everywhere. So yesterday my dad actually went to go visit my sister. When he went over the Fern Hill Bridge, which has been decimated, and it's, it's so unstable, and, and you're not meant to drive across, but there's still those hooligans out there that continue to drive across. Hey, my brother-in-law there in the Hawke's Bay. Anyway, uh, he would have had to leave his 90-year-old grandmother at home by herself because he couldn't get back. He couldn't get back and, and he wouldn't have been able to, to look after her. So I'm just thankful she's in the right place in hospital. And my dad, who's bunkered up with my sister and he's going absolutely crazy, I won't tell you why he wants to go home because that's my dad for you. I'll tell you off here. But, um, you know, yeah, there's just so many stories like that that are going around. So this is a, your time to share those stories and uh, just share some love, some aroha for people that are doing it pretty tough around the country. I know you're sitting at home. I'm sitting here in Hawke's Bay, uh, in Christchurch, and, uh, you know, everything's fine and, and, and dandy around here, but we just want to know and we want to hear from you. Double eight, double three, or 0800 150 811 on the Kennard's Hire phone line. Back soon. Welcome back. We're 13 away from nine, and coming up, we're going to cross over to Staffy because uh, Smithy is in the Hawke's Bay region that has been 
hugely affected uh, from this disaster that is Cyclone Gabriel. So our, our thoughts go out to Smithy and hope him and his whanau are doing uh, okay in this time. It's pretty crazy out there and uh, there's plenty going on. We're talking Cyclone, we're talking community and we want to hear from you, Double eight, double three. There's a message there that has come through regarding the Cyclone. But Louis, you've got a wee update regarding Wairau. Yeah, that's right, Izzy. Uh, just reading around this morning. So Civil Defence managed to get a statement or get an update out from Wairau 2am and they pointed out the region had been significantly impacted by the river flooding. They are managing, but of course because they are geographically isolated, severe challenges and that's when Aroha mentioned that those helicopters are going to go on. These include food and water supply, fuel and communications. We're working to ensure people's safety and trying to provide the best service we can with our limitations. People are in welfare centres in Wairua. Uh Karen McAnulty, who is the Minister for Emergency Management, and, and it's probably worth pointing out, this is a national state of emergency, which... I I didn't realise it had only ever been called twice before for the Christchurch earthquakes and for COVID-19, Kempi, which is, in your lifetime, probably puts into perspective how big of an event this is. A hundred percent. I wasn't around when the floods hit our small town of Waitara. Um, I think that was in the early 70s. Uh, So it's been a long time for something this significant. I I got a text message from... A friend of mine up in the UK who's watching it up there saying, "Mate, is everything okay down there? You know, just it looks really devastating from this part of the world." So it's just, it's reaching out and touching everyone around the world. Um, yeah. And just had another phone call from a mate, Mike Alexander, that lives out at Murawai too. Uh, he's that story about your mother, your grandmother, and your mother-in-law. Is he? He's bought uh, his mother-in-law up from from I think Hawke's Bay. I think they bought her up from. Yep. Um, and they stay in Point Chev and, and have a place out at Murawai and she's been out at Murawai and has been out there ever since uh, the last couple of days have taken effect so he's I talked to him just gave him a call yesterday on my way out there saying hey boy are you okay my house is here if you need it uh, he said no we're fine I'm, just let you know my, I couldn't get my mother-in-law back in town so she's she's out there um, so yeah just everyone's handling it differently uh, you know yeah. but uh, good Good to good to get some updates just to see where where everything's at and if you've got them just just text it into us double eight double three. And just on that Wairo uh, situation, Louis, <clears throat> have you ever been to Wairo? There's a big major river that goes right through the heart of it and um, it flows heavily on a, on a normal day really. So I can understand the devastation there. And they've just got a new new world right by the river. It's probably about fifty meters off the river, maybe a hundred meters max. And it's and it's probably the same height as one of the riverbanks, and those riverbanks would have been, uh, ex, ex, they would have just it would have overflowed those riverbanks. There's not really even a bank there; it's just the side of the river. So I can understand devastation there. And if it's gone through the new world, that will affect the food supplies and everything like that. So I can only imagine what's going on there. Yeah, you bang on. Um, food is a massive issue. Karen McAnulty also said that there are still black spots, essentially. There's areas they still haven't been able to get in contact with, and they know that food and water will be starting to run th- th- run thin. So today, it, it looks like the weather, and I've just seen a photo of Hawke's Bay, it's overcast. It looks like it's calming, but it's it's about it's not even about the um, kind of clean-up yet. They're still trying to recover people and actually make sure people are safe. Windy and kind of partially sunny conditions in Hawke's Bay. Light traffic in Hastings, Havelock North and Flaxmere areas with most connecting roads open after a massive tree branch clearance on yesterday uh, evening. 
but there's flooding that remains in low-lying areas right around Hawke's Bay and area you know so well, Izzy. And we have had a, a really nice text here, mate. Yep, reader defence photos of the helicopter rescue. Imagine the stress standing on a roof watching your wee girl airlifted in the arms of a soldier. You would question reality, everyone is so brave. Aroha to the defence and the FENZ police and first responders. Yep, they put riskier lives daily to keep us safe. And yep, just a quick shout out to everyone that has been out there lending a hand, particularly our first responders. And uh, if you can, I know there'll be plenty of places to go along and donate. This is going to take a hell of an effort and a hell of a lot of money to get this all sorted and back, get back some reality and some normality. Love that little part of the show, lads. Um, if there is any more messages, keep them coming through. We love hearing your stories, in particular, our love out to everyone that is hugely affected. We're going to shoot off and we'll come back because Staffy is coming up for the next couple of hours. He'll keep you through to midday. Yes, it's 8.57 here on SENZ Breakfast with Izzy and Kempe. We had a big show here talking cricket mainly, and if you want to check that out, check out our podcast on the SENZ app to find out who we spoke. We had a good chat with Gary Steer today, Staffy, and uh, talking like their backs against the wall, mate. They're looking forward to the uh, English book boys uh, in this test series coming up. Izzy reckons it's spinners all day. What do you think? Oh, backs against the wall. Without Trent Bolt, they'll just push us straight through like it's just cheap fibreglass, mate. The fact that <laughs> give the people what they want. Like the, the cricket fans deserve to have the best 11. This, we discussed it internally, is a crock of poo. Like he is the best left armour in the world and he lives where the test match is being played. Why don't they play? Keep all your politics aside and give us the best cricket side that can go out on the park and represent New Zealand. Have him sitting there. There'll probably be a shot of him sitting in the stand, which is an absolute disgrace. They've played uncontracted players in the New Zealand colours before. Grow up. Have you had your coffee this morning? Got it here. (laughs) (laughs) We asked them the question about that stance, Steph. And about the same with New Zealand rugby at the moment, like players going offshore and, and changing the stance that you know the mana is enough to keep these players in, in, in the country. Maybe the change of the stance, and he still stayed silent. Trent Bolt, I flicked him two messages. He's seen them both. He's not talking. <laughs> well, the, the problem is professional sport has moved on. Administration hasn't, and they need to get up to speed. And do what they have to do to allow us to have our best teams on the pitch. Jump in the Ferrari, hurry up. And what do you got on today, Steph? Oh, we've got we've got motorsport, got Billy Fraser coming up. We've got a guy, Lee Ellis, who's playing twenty pick pickup games of basketball in twenty cities in twenty different countries. Wow. Over the next year. He's done five, he's about to hit Africa. We're gonna to talk to New Zealand Ice Fern rookie. Uh, we're done gonna do some NBL. I've got a whole lot and we've got Chris Gibbs, Hurricanes assistant coach as well. It's chocker. What about these three-hour shifts, Steph? You liking them? Loving them, mate. <laughs> Loving them. <laughs> Done by 12. Yeah, boy. I'll tell you what. For the rest of the day. Yeah. I'll tell you what, you had a three-hour three shift anyway today because running it straight's on this afternoon from 3 p.m. Oh, there you go. Little... Stay on. Stay on. Steph, will carry you through to midday and there'll be plenty of happening. We'll be back tomorrow. Look after yourselves.